The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Warning, this podcast may contain bad language and scenes and content that some listeners may find offensive. Or really not cool. You keep saying scenes. Yeah. I mean, there are no scenes. So there's no more scenes. Scenes of a myth. What would you say? Um, I don't know. Worst intro ever. Welcome to the Seesaw Podcast with Tea and Cleves. Each week, offering up a great perspective on life. Hello, greetings, welcomes, and salutations. This is Cecil. T coming at you with the Cleavertron. I like how you said this is Seesaw because they wouldn't have guessed that from listening to the intro. Or clicking on the actual pod here. Yeah. I I get that now. How's things, Cleaves? Yeah, alright. How are things with you? Yeah, okay. Have you been up to anything delicious recently? I've got a new job. Really? Where at? Same place. Which I just is, I just is, changed job. Which is where? I can't say. But I will drop a clue now. I now work with uh, within bylaws and constitutions. That's not actually a bad clue. How is by spelt? Now, there's two, <laughs> two schools of thought on that. Personally, I just use BY, but a lot of people use BYE. How about with you? New things? Nope, zero new things for me. Awesome. So, hopefully, everyone's calmed down and decringed from the last episode. Bland young things. Off of that documentary, we have touched on the college before, but I think this week it'd be good if we just went over, from our perspective, what the experience was of going to a blind college. I will just throw it out there that, that it might have changed. I doubt it's improved. But it's probably changed. We're throwing that in there already, are we? Yeah. I'm, I'm just saying that, yeah, we'll, we'll see. So, Royal National College for the Blind. Hereford's finest institution of the blind. We both went there for a year. And I'm not going to ask you to summarise it because that would just defeat the whole point of the episode. Shit. So, <laughs> see you next week. <laughs> Let's break it down into various sections because it's a specialist college for the blind and visually impaired. It's supposed to do more than just your education. Living skills. So this is something that I think is important for anyone with a sensory disability to have some... You've got to to pick up the slack somewhere. And you can't, as we saw in the documentary, rely on parents and family to do that for a child. How did you find living skills, Cleves? Like, piss me. I literally did two lessons on it. First one, they were like, can you use a washing machine? I'm like, yep. I was like, can you iron? I'm like, yep. Can you make your bed? Yep. Can you wash and dry yourself? Yep. Can you make your dinner? Yep. And then next week was, 
showed me how to make a, I think it might have been a lasagna or something like that. Showed them, and then they're like, that's it, we'll sign you off, done. Yeah. Yeah. So, as you can imagine, with the list you just churned off, that does sort of ring a bell. Some of this stuff, you think, really, they're teaching people how to do this stuff. But the fact that those certain items were still on that list tells me that people didn't know how to do them. Like, cleaning yourself was an aspect of this. There were some smelly blind fuckers, though. Yeah. More than one, in fact. Yeah. Quite a few. Some people just did not bathe and didn't change their clothes. Like, we had communal washing facilities. If it's like two washing machines and a dryer. I, I can't really recall ever having to wait to use them. They're always usually quite vacant. Which, yeah, they had one washroom each floor. But on each floor you had, what, 15, 20 of us? So you would expect uh, people who'd like to be clean, like those machines should have been going like, not necessarily night and day, but quite frequently. But I always seem to be able to get one when I wanted. So liver skills, they teach you how to use a washing machine. Let's just get past the fact that every washing machine is different. So kind of redundant. You put the tablets or the powder in. So all they're really teaching you is that you have to put your clothes in and turn it on. But considering that, like I said, like every washing machine is different, it's like they're just teaching you the principles of washing as opposed to the machine. And that's a bag of piss. Here's the problem. You go to this college at the age of 16, why the hell can't you do all this shit already? Well, that is the problem. Why, why is even living a school a thing? But then I suppose, like, cooking to a degree... Like, not, not just actually just making food, but more cooking, I kind of get. But as we saw in the documentary, making a cheese sandwich, there's no reason when you're 19 years old you can't make a cheese sandwich. Oh, cardinal sin. But like you, like you were saying, like, you had to make a lasagna or something. Some people might not have had to do that. Uh, yeah, okay. But they can learn. It's just chopping vegetables and chucking shit in, isn't it? That's what most cooking is, really. Essentially. <laughs> I mean, if we're going to dumb down the, the art of cooking, yes. Oh, that's a strong word. I had a similar sort of experience to living skills to you. I was signed off almost immediately. What did you have for me? I think I made a chicken tikka masala. Yeah, again. That's what I'm saying. Chop some ingredients, chuck it in, bang some sauce on the top, done. It wouldn't have made you make the sauce from scratch, let's be fair. No, but again, I don't think they should be doing that. No, that's what I'm saying. You made it sound like cooking's an art form. They're not teaching you the art of cooking. They're teaching you how to pour a jar of pataks in a pan. That is true. And I don't know if this is because I have had some sight and learnt things through having sight, but if my sight were to go tomorrow, I don't think my experience around the kitchen would change all that much. I still think I could do a lot of the stuff I currently do. When I was there, someone in my... There used to be two people in the same living skills class. Whilst I was being signed off, basically making a lasagna, he was learning how to make like a sausage sandwich for the first time. One step up from uh, cheese, actually. Cardinal sin. Barely? You put the sausages in the oven? Uh, I think you did them on the grill, but either way. So how would you rate the living skills out of ten? Well, I mean, it teaches you how to do basic things, but the annoying part is you should already know how to do them. It teaches people that don't know the basics how to do the basics, which I guess is good in that respect. But ultimately, your parents should have already done that. I mean, I'd give them a six out of ten. That's not how the disabled rating system works. <laughs> Fine. I'll give them a three disabled out of five. Okay, that's that's more disabled than not. 
my criticism of it is if you're already quite capable, they don't teach you things that you might want to look into. So I got signed off of cooking like immediately because I can cook. That doesn't mean that I couldn't have benefited from some other things. Like I could iron, I could wash my clothes. Like, I can see where these would be useful skills to teach someone who's blind. Like, especially if they have like they're teaching like the, the tips and tricks and hacks and all that sort of thing. But if you know all this stuff, there should be something else that they can offer you. Yeah, free time. No, but things like uh budgeting. It's an important living skill, I guess. Yeah. It is an important living skill, but why isn't that offered? Because you're always going to have those people who are quite capable who will show up. But then you can turn and say, okay, well, we, we can't show you how to like wash your clothes and you're happy with that and you can feed yourself. But do you want to know how mortgage applications work? Do you want to know things... Why people don't get houses, T? Okay, well, council Wait. benefit forms. <laughs> like, like how you fill out like these various bits of paperwork, what certain terms mean, finance stuff. You know what I mean? There, there's no re- I mean, I've always said that this should be something you taught at school. But you're not. But I still think that these are important skills for everyone to learn and that they let people down because it's like, unless you you need to learn how to cook some fucking sausages, they're like, oh, well, off you go. Yeah, it's job number one, though, isn't it? Sausages. Yeah. But then it's like, how do you balance, like, how, how do you balance your, your budget? Like, that's your monthly Somewhat budget. ironically coming from the person that used to ask me for money every Thursday to get some fags just because they'd run out of money from their previous budget that that week well that's why I needed a living skills budget training <laughs> so living skills isn't the only thing they did they also did mobility training so how did you find that I think I got signed off after about three or four weeks on that they basically teach you how to walk places which I could already do anyway because I already used my cane quite a lot so I showed them a few routes they were like oh do you want to walk here so yeah do this that and that Actually, my my mobility teacher was actually not too bad. She did show me one or two little tips that I thought was quite good for helping me get about, and then that was it, pretty much done. I don't think they took you on buses or things like that at the time. They just basically walked you around the local area. It was more to familiarise yourself with the new area than it was to actually help you in later life. Yeah, I think mine was a very similar sort of thing. The, The thing with the mobility training, like you said, like, because it's a local area and you're going to move back home eventually, they can't really teach you too much on routes. It has to be just the general skill set. So you're very limited with what they can teach you. I think one thing I learnt, which I still use today, is counting steps, like especially around places that I'm familiar with. Not like in your head going one, two, three, four, but no roughly distance by pace. And that's the one thing that I worked on in mobility uh, training where I was like, well, yeah, I'm a bit fucked at night. And the guy was like, yeah, but you know how long it takes you to get from this point to this point. So you need to use your cane so you don't hit anything or hit anyone. But you know roughly when you have to turn because you do it in the daytime. So just try and think of it as think of it as how many seconds or how many paces or something like that. And I used that when I moved off of campus. I used that a lot because I had to find my house. Yeah. And my house was one of like loads of semi-detached houses, very indistinguishable, especially at night. You couldn't really figure out whether it was that one or any other house. I can't see the front door, the number, or the colour of it. And there was no street lights there. It was all along a tree line. So I used it every single day when I had to go back in the dark. Because if I didn't, I would have ended up trying to put my key in someone's door. So in that regard, it did some, have some valuable skills. I don't know how they would improve it. 
Just focus more on general skills and not area. That's true. I mean, listening out for, for landmarks and stuff like that. Counting, like counting the paces, I think that's a good skill to have. And just like self-awareness. I mean, and they never covered it with me, but if you get lost, some like back then, I don't know if they taught anyone like what you're supposed to do if you get lost. If you get lost, what do you do? Well, firstly, you've got to stay calm. Like, you start panicking and it's going to go fucking tits up. And then things like retracing your steps. Like, if you don't know where you are, try and find the way to go back the way you came and then look out for like, listen out for landmarks and stuff and try and familiarize yourself or try and find a shop or something. These are all skills that I think they could really teach. Find the box. Well, if you've got a guide dog, yeah. Everything's a box. A box of sensations. So, we've covered living skills. We've covered education. Uh, not education, mobility. We're going on to education now. So, you retook some A-levels. I was meant to go there to do media, French, which I was retaking... And then critical thinking was just kind of lumped on me. So it was media, if I'm honest. We'll get onto why that is. Oh, and then Young Enterprise, which, yeah, I was all right. I didn't mind doing that. It was business-related, and I'd already done my business A-level, so it seemed fair. It is the British way. As far as like the education, like having the things you need to educate yourself in the classroom, they pretty much nail it, don't they? Yeah, so when I did French, there was two other people in the class. One person used a Braille, the other person used like a computer, but with high contrast and large text on it. And if you're a person that at the time used neither of those things, really fucking irritating when you're trying <laughs> to concentrate on the class and you've got someone less than two feet away from you going, pum, 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 on a Braille. It's like, for fuck's sake. Use one of those electric ones. I'm trying to think. I mean, the electric ones do exist, and they did exist back then. Yeah, no, because a few people used them in that critical thinking class. Yeah. And then other people's didn't. Old school, big, fat fucking Perkins brailers, 20 tons of steel. Pom, 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 pom. <laughs> and then I what mean, are you going to do with the notes of that? Oh, I've got a fucking 20 books worth of paper to take home with me, and you got to rifle through that as opposed to one file of a fucking electric one. It was off-putting. As far as like all the materials, like study materials, how was that handled? Yeah, fine, I guess. It was mainly all done spoken wordy, so if you need anything, they'll just read it out. I had large text study materials, so that was okay. That's good, though. That's what you want. Yeah. Like, get, that, get that large text. And they would provide in Braille as well and stuff like that. So as far as that, you could say, I want this. It was very accessible. It was just fucking annoying if you required slightly less than someone else. Like they have, they appeal to the lowest common denominator, didn't they? Yeah, they do. Even in that class as well, I had to wait. It's not really bad, but in the in the French class that I was in, I could like read large text, and this other person could read large text, and there was another person that was completely blind. Because they're always asking so many questions, always punching away on the brailler. That's the pace that the class went at. Where I'm like, come on, speed up. We need to get we need to get this shit done. I've already failed a French once, so I don't want to be failing it again. And I think that's the problem, isn't it? Because there's not like multiple levels like in a mainstream school where you'll have level one English, level two English, level three, based on ability. It's you have one class for AS or A two level, and that's it. And everyone who's in that class has to all have someone slower because they're using a brailler or they're they're not as smart. That's going to grind everything down. I mean, I appreciate it a lot. It's not their fault in terms of an accessibility point of view, but it just slows other people down. And maybe the college should be providing extra help. 
outside. Well, we took the same class in critical thinking. There were two blind people there, and then me and you that used like large print stuff. Yeah, and I found it was fine, but... Okay, here's my thing. I feel that even though it was a difficult subject, what we covered in the space of an academic year was really only like a semester's worth of stuff, like the concepts of it. Mm, then it was know. mainly just hammering that home. Yeah, it, didn't, it was enough for the exam. It was. The question I'm asking is, did you think that Horace and Fester, the two blind people of the class, slowed the class down? Yes, 100%. There was no reason why that had to be an hour each session. Like, 20 minutes of it was explaining to Horace why he was not correct with a very definitive yes-no answer, and then him asking why he wasn't right. And after the first couple of times he does this, just the head goes in your hands. It's like, you're not right because you're not right, because it's not the answer. Like, come on, man. That's more from an intellectual standpoint. I meant from a natural disability standpoint, do you think that they slowed the class down? <laughs> I mean, yes. I mean, I don't think it was as bad as what, what you experienced oh, it in wasn't French. bad in French by any, uh, by any point, no. But when you have someone reading back what they've written in Braille, it does take a little bit longer. And maybe that's when we have to have that concession. Maybe that's how we have to think about things as individuals. Yeah, and maybe given that patience. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. But I if, s- if I'm already retaking A-levels, is it, would it have been better for me to have gone to that college where potentially I could have got large print, but the classes were slower, or go to somewhere mainstream and then have to faff about asking everyone for large text, but the classes go actually at a quicker pace? I suppose it comes down to what you would find more beneficial. Well, I failed French again either way, and he said it doesn't really matter. <laughs> and was that due to the, the class format? Partly, and also partly that I didn't put the effort in. Probably around about a 50-50 split. Oh. Nah, it's probably more like a 40-60 split, with the larger part me being not putting the effort in. Well, I only did one course in the end. I did go for media and quit after a month. You had to do X amount of lessons to actually get the funding. Yeah, yeah. So the trick was to go and then just quit. I actually wanted to do media because it was all about like sound production and stuff like that, and that's something that really interests me. But the issue I had was it was a two-year course, and I only had funding for one year. And the council were very clear, you're only getting funding for one year, don't ask us for more money, you're not getting it. And I just asked, am I getting any credits or anything out of this after the year? And I went, well, no, you've got to do two years to get this as a qualification. So, well, why am I wasting my time then? Could have year one there and then year two somewhere else. Looking back at like my degree and A-levels and stuff like that, like the paper, they're not worth the paper they're printed on. Like Knowledge is what matters, not what bits of paper say you can do. In some places, hold that in high regard, but generally speaking, that's not what life is about. Hindsight, I probably should have been a bit more... Should have just done it, to be honest. <laughs> Learned some skills. What was the one course you took? Critical thinking? Yeah. How did that... Uh set you up for future life. Um, where, where, where were you going from college? What were your career options with that? None. I mean, it was a useful course. Moving on to like the career options, they, they were very pushy towards university because then you're no longer their statistic. Because they can turn around and say, oh, X amount of people go to university. Because it's better than saying X amount of people went on and didn't find work. I went to our careers advisor at RNC at the time. And I, I didn't really want to go to uni at that point. And I said, well, what's my alternative options? 
and she didn't really have she she literally had nothing for me she says well why why do you want to do something else you should go to uni you're you're an academic you can do these sorts of things you should just go to uni and i was like oh okay i guess i'll do that then there was no other options even though i'd asked for some again i think that just comes down to the whole like ofsted report and ofsted is like the how would you describe ofsted it's the UK, like, education authority, I suppose. Yeah. And they rate schools and colleges and stuff on how well they do and how successful their students are. But like I said, like, they're going to put, they're going to push university because then that's a success percentage for them. Because people have gone on to more education. But if you don't do that and you end up on the dole, like a lot of their students do, then that looks bad on them. And they know that it's tough because they they don't prepare you for work. They don't. Plus, a lot of these subjects that they try and push on you don't prepare you for work either. As we saw in the documentary, fucking dance, it's like, it's not going to fucking work. It's not going to get you into work. Like that one scene where Steve is learning how to waltz or something like that. It's like, how the fuck is he getting work knowing how to waltz? Maybe that's living skills, though. Helps you live. No, fuck that. In case you get a 90-year-old girlfriend. <laughs> what, and then waiting out for her to die and then you can get all the money? Yep. There's the living. Maybe. It's one career option. Again, never told to me by the careers advisor. No, it's, it's bullshit. It, it's totally, you go to you go to university or nothing. They don't want to know. But I didn't want to go to university. But then they're like, oh, yeah, you should go to university. And, you know, the whole spiel they probably gave you. Like, oh, you could do this and this and this. And, well, in the end, I've got a useless degree. But I didn't really want to. And it would have been nice to know what my options were. Uni. <laughs> what do you need the, options the for? The other options. <laughs> there are no other options. It's bad because then they could say, oh, well, you have options employment-wise are going to like working in office, administrative, sales, that sort of thing. But they don't teach people to work those things. Well, yeah, but that's when... How are you going to go work in an office with a dance? But that's when they have, like, work skills. They should be teaching work skills. Well, that should be in living schools. Part of budgeting, maybe. Learn how to use the Microsoft, like, Microsoft Office. Oh, actually, I did do a course on that. What, there? Yep. Oh. I chose it because I, I think it was because I bunked off of media for so much that they made me take this other one. But there was literally, like, two people in that course. It ran, like, once a week. Really, it should be for compulsory. Yeah. (laughs) It should be mandatory for everyone. And, like, using Excel and, like, using, like, email, like, because, like, internet weren't widespread there. But, yeah, and I had to mail merge and do all this sort of shit. Administrative office-based stuff, which you can use screen readers for and do a job with. Because, you know what, you can come out and you go, okay, well, I'm going to go for all these administration jobs out there. But it's, there was none of that. There's absolutely nothing. Instead, they're teaching for, they're so proud of some of their fucking facilities that they just push it. Like, media. They really push media because they had, like, recording studios and shit like that. I'm like, okay, what's the jobs at the end of this? Or being a tech for, like, a radio station? Well, how many jobs are out there? Not many. Dance. What jobs are out there? Fucking none. And then they had, like, remedial therapy where they're teaching about, like, fucking massage and shit. Not even sports massage. And it's like, it's useless. Because no, like all those jobs are self-employed. You're not teaching them how to be self-employed. You're teaching them how to rub oil into someone. And it's like, <laughs> it's like, it's not a fucking job. 
don't even teach you the happy ending part as well, from what I understand. Well, no, people learn that another way. We'll cover that in the social side of things. <laughs> but it's like, you're not preparing them for a career in this. It's just because you have remedial therapy and, like, uh, a media suite and stuff like that. They could start their own massage shop. But you're not teaching them how to start a business. Ah, well, that's where I did Young Enterprise, and that is starting your own business. But it's not compulsory. No. It should be alongside. It's not even a real course. I don't think you get UCAS points for it. Because you don't need UCAS points if you don't want to go to university. You've got to go to university, mate. It's your only option. Enraging. Which is funny because I took Young Enterprise, zero UCAS points. Critical Thinking, zero UCAS points. French, failed. Fucking stupid. (laughs) You know what? I'm going to rag on their fucking sports side of things as well. And they've probably changed from, from this point. You could go in and do like sports based stuff. And what would you think would be a useful, like for a visually impaired or blind person to learn as far as sport? Gym instructing. Yes. Personal training, gym instructing. That sort of thing. The only thing they taught was coaching, level one and two, which are fucking useless. You cannot work in a gym with them. You can't do PT with them. All it does is teach you how to teach, like, 11-year-olds how to play football. And it's like, there's no jobs out there for this. There's so many. And the thing is, all the time... PT teacher. I guess, but teaching... There's no jobs out there. Like when, okay, short story. Short stories with Dean. We didn't want to teach you. It makes the story sort of brief. Short stories with Dean. Short stories with Dean. Warning: Story may not be short. I wanted to be a teacher at one point. I was sick of working in the fitness industry, and I looked into becoming a teacher. First part of that. Like, I could have got a degree anyway. Like, it was just going to be a post-grad PGCE. It was just one year, open university, and I could get my, essentially, like, my teaching licence, and I could go into schools. Got on the phone, because they get you, like, matching up with these, like, former teachers or retired teachers. It was a nice bloke, and I really chatted. I got on well with him, and we were just chatting about things. And then I just said, look, I'm registered blind and, like, severely sight-impaired. Is that going to be an issue, being a teacher? And he went... Don't know. Well, have you ever known in your 30 year career in education any visually impaired or blind teachers? He goes, Nope. None. Yeah. Things have got to change. True. The start of a revolution. But I said to him, Why do you think that is? He went, I don't know. He said, Maybe because you won't be able to see the kids mucking around. Like, you've got to be really (laughs) vigilant. You're already screwing around. He's like, Your your targets are all based on success rates of your students and stuff like that. It's like, if you're not catching them slacking off and all that sort of shit, and he's like, I don't know how you do the marking and all the handwriting and stuff. And he's like, I just can't see how it would work. He's, he said to me, it's not impossible, and there's ways around it, but he said it'd be a very difficult job to do. And I'm like, okay, fine. And that's when I sort of pulled out, because I was like, he has got some really valid points, and it put me off. And I think that's what he was trying to do. He was just being completely honest with me. So maybe teaching isn't, Really, a job for the the blind community. That was a short story with team, but surprisingly short. Not one of his drawn out rambles. Short stories with team. Story clocked in at one minute forty seconds. This is coaching. They could go in as a teacher's aide. 
you've been done coaching again, like, you're going to have the same fucking problem. And there's no jobs out there. Because, you know what they do? Like, you have one coach at, like, a football club, and then they'll always get, like, their assistant coach who is completely unqualified, and they'll be, like, the dads of, like, Christopher. And, like, they'll be there just doing that. And they're not fucking qualified. And they don't want to have someone who's qualified because they have to fucking pay them. Volunteer parents who take these jobs. And it's like, again, you're not teaching anything at this college. Like, there's no tangible skills at the end of it. There's no fucking career. Like, you're wasting everyone's time. Yeah, but you know how to make a sausage sandwich now. Which you should have already known how to do. It just it fucking infuriates me. Because, like, they let so many people down. And, like, maybe they're doing the whole, oh, well, we don't want to, like, crush people's dreams. No, crush their dreams. Crush their fucking dreams. Say to them, you're only going to be, realistically, you're only going to work in admin, on a computer, with your screen reader shit. But it's a living. <laughs> it's really bleak. It is a fucking living, though, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think you should do both. Teach them that as a compulsory, so they've got a fallback, and then let them do dance, music, whatever else they want to do on top. Yeah, that's fair. But well, have that fallback, is what I'm saying. And also teach people how to fill out CVs. Teach them how to do application for. Teach them how to interview and not make the interview about their disability. How do you play off the fact that you're disabled? But like, these are valuable skills. You should have to like do mock interviews like every week, and they should have someone who specialises in recruitment coming in and like get various people in and say, okay, pretend like you're going for this job. You want to be a, a music tech person? Convince this person who works in music tech they're going to interview you as if they're hiring you. They give feedback. They don't do any of that. They don't prepare you for work at all. They don't fucking care. Yeah, because you're not going to go to work. You're going to go to uni. <sighs> fucking uni. Or you're going to go on the dole. Yeah. That's one thing they make sure you do when you go there as well. They make sure you want as many benefits as you can. Be. Yeah, that's very true. That was one of the first things they asked me. Are oh, you on all the benefits you think you can be on? And they give you a list. Yep. That's like, you should be on all of these. How about I should be in a part-time job and not be on those? But they never pushed that. They never encouraged you to go out and get part-time work. And they could have worked with local partners. I had apprenticeship schemes and shit like that where you could earn a little bit of money, learn some work experience, have something tangible to put on your CV. But no, they didn't. Just makes me angry. Am I wrong? It didn't do anything for me. But then I already had my part-time job. I was already working when I, when I got there. It seems the people who are the most successful coming out of RNC were already quite competent. <laughs> already knew how to live in skills and mobility skills and how to work a job because they were already doing it despite their disability. RNC doesn't help you in that respect. No. I think what RNC does do, though, is it teaches people who are incapable that it's okay to be incapable. Ooh, that's, that's harsh. I think it's true. When you're around a lot of people who have never had anything done for them, always don't, like, there's no expectations of them at all. It's very easy to go, oh, these other people, nothing expected of them, so why do I have to? Like, why do I have to try? Because, like, they seem content with it, and they seem happy, so why do I need to make an effort? And I think that's dangerous, and I think that's very much a thing. You know, it's, it's, it's like internet culture. Like, if you put yourself only with people who are like-minded, they're just going to reinforce your negative aspects like you'll never get better. I think RNC does that so well. <laughs> you go there and you're useless, and then you go around other useless people, and then before you know it, you're all leaving being more useless than you ever fucking were. Burn. 
Come on, it's a college at the end of the day. They can't force you to do stuff. If you don't do things, they can't force you to. No, true. Look at a documentary, Steve not going to his lectures. Well, what can they do? Just report him to not going to his lectures. Suspend him for a week. Instead, they should have just got him in the office and like, what do you want to do here? And then listen to him and what he wants to do and maybe get him some counselling and shit. But they never had anything like that. That probably does exist now. It probably does exist now, but not when we were there. I didn't enjoy my time. So to summarise, how would you rate R&C on, uh, the, on the disabled scale? I'd probably give it a 4.7 out of 5 disabled, in the sense that it did nothing for me. I already had quite a lot of skills, and I don't really feel, feel that they really enhanced any of those skills in any way. And the one thing I went there to take and pass, I failed. And I've already said that was partly down to me, I'm aware of that. But I don't really feel like my year at R&C was worthwhile in any capacity even from a disabled side of things. I don't think I learned anything from that aspect that would enrich my life. I would probably give it 4.5 disabled out of 5. I thought maybe I got a bit more out of it than you, but only marginal. And the things I got out of it were really just a few hacks and tips and tricks and stuff like that, and they could have been condensed and I could have just done like a week and learned all this stuff intensively. I feel like they could have done a lot more things that are tailored to me, and they don't tailor to people, like individuals. You're all the same. You're all incapable, or you're all fully capable. There's no spectrum there. You don't get one-to-one. So if you're all shit, or you're all fine. I suppose the, the other thing I got out of it was realising that I wasn't as disabled as I thought I was. It made me feel quite normal, to be honest. Oh, that's nice. And that's why I, I don't think it gets as bad a rating from me as it got from you. I mean, it taught, taught me not to leave the fridge open. Oh, cardinal sin. On that, are you happy for now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we'll do another episode on the social side of things because that's a, a whole other side of it that has to be dealt with separately because I think that the social side of RNC is the worst part of RNC. Wow. Okay, I'll see you then. Yeah, I will see you at RNC. Thanks for listening to the Seesaw Podcast. You can find us on Facebook at Seesaw Podcast, Twitter, Seesaw Pod. You can email us at seesawpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on TikTok and Instagram at Seesaw Podcast or Seesaw Pod, depending on which one we want. But get us on the other places. This podcast was recorded in front of a blind audience. And I wasn't going to say anything smart there at the end. I was thinking about it, but there wasn't anything. I'm not singing the theme tune because you just like rip on me every single week.